We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Doug Farrar. Dougie Fresh, what's going on, my man? Long time no speak. Hey, man. How's it going? It's going well. It's going well. Was doing even better once uh, Friday, Saturday rolled around, man. The slam dunk move of the offseason for the Burgundy and Gold. Bringing in former Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. Uh, we were talking about your piece that you wrote uh, back on the 18th and going through that. If you can, in a quick nutshell, my man, what does the hire uh, bring here to Washington? Well, it's I mean, it's shameful that he has to go somewhere else to prove that he's more than Andy Reid's puppet when yeah. uh, Doug Peterson, you know, pardon the expression, Matt Nagy got head coaching opportunities. Right. But I think we all know what that's all about. Um I think what it does for the commanders, and I wrote, I put this in my piece, they had the second most run, rushing attempts with pre-snap motion last year, mm-hmm. and they were really bad with it. It was very, it was, it was very simplistic motion. It didn't really change the run strength. It didn't do anything to the defense. And then uh, Brian Robinson would, you know, do a great job of breaking all the tackles. Yeah, I am especially intrigued to see how he, as the feature back, benefits from. Uh, just a more diverse run game that can really put defenses on its heels. Because you don't think of the Chiefs as a run team, but in the second half of the season through the Super Bowl, Isaiah Pacheco was a top seven back in just about every category. And if you watch what they did to the Eagles defense, and the Eagles moved away from their five-man fronts in the Super Bowl, I don't know why. Um, Maybe Arizona <laughs> will have issues with Jonathan Gannon with that. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that that's one set of it. And then if you look at what the Chiefs did, and, you know, I, it's hard to know, like, where to separate Reed and Bienemy. I know Reed, Bienemy takes care of the run game. Right. But Bienemy's got a lot of experience in that offense taking gadget guys and really – buffing them up to their full potential. Jarek McKinnon, mm-hmm. who set some records for uh, touchdown receptions for a running back. Kadarius Tony, they got in a, in a low ball trade. I mean, you know him because he's a giant. He didn't do anything there. Yeah. And he turned into a real force multiplier. Um, and then you look at Antonio Gibson, who I think has some of those same McKinnon kind of characteristics. Uh, you bring in Curtis Samuel. Uh, Jahan Dotson, I mean, as they wrote, he has to have, the enemy has to have like a cake-eating grin on his face when he <laughs> gets a close, like a, a look at the potential for what they can do and how they can just, you know, spread defenses out with all these explosive, explosive pieces in, in his offense, not to malign Scott Turner, but I think... Oh, go ahead. There, I, we, don't, we don't mind. <laughs> well, <laughs> Scott Turner's a smart guy, but I, I don't yeah. necessarily think that the offensive pieces were used to their full potential. Correct. I think with, with the enemy, there's a better chance of that happening. And, at, you know, obviously the commanders had said, yes, Sam Howell's our guy. They're going to lean on the enemy's take on that. But, yeah. you know, Howell had one start. He had a really good preseason. 
I thought, and we may have discussed this before, I thought mm-hmm. he was QB one or two in that class. He just he lost his two best receivers and his two best running backs his last season at North Carolina, and he basically turned him into a running back. He ran for over 800 yards in his final collegiate season. So if and, – and Sam Howell needs some development, but if they want to do kind of a Jalen Hurts-like thing, yeah. I think Howell can pull that off. So there's a lot to like about this hire, and again, it's, it's shameful at this point that the enemy has to take this essentially lateral move just to prove that he's worthy of being a head coach. We shouldn't be past that, but we're not, and we all know why, so we can just move on from that. But in the interim, um, I I think it'll be good for the commander's offense, and I think it'll be bad for the NFL, which will just simply run on excuses for not making the guy a head coach. Yeah. I mean, you did an excellent job laying out a lot right there. I want to go back to Sam Howell for a second and his fit uh, in this offense. Uh, what we saw him have success with last year in the Week 18 start against Dallas, Doug, and I'm sure you've gone back and grinded mm-hmm. that tape. You saw how quickly he was getting the football out of his hands on a consistent basis. That, to me, plays into the strengths of this receiving core because, like you mentioned, Scott Turner, to me, just didn't do a good enough job getting the best players the ball on a consistent basis. When you look at a Jahan Dotson and a Samuel and a Dotson, those are, not to sound biased here, three of the best run-after-the-catch receivers in all of football right now. I know well, we're. It's, you know, it's not biased. It shows up, right? So, and and I know a lot of folks here locally are kind of worried about Sam Howell and his maturation process. But I think the fact that he's already got a a, a really good skill set to work with, I think, will make the job a hell of a lot easier for the enemy when it comes to scheming something up for him. Well, if you, I mean, with Carson Wentz, you knew that was a roller coaster ride where any moment the entire carriage could go right off the tracks. Yeah. Um, I think Taylor Heineke is a good, you know, plus backup or spot starter, but we know what he is and what he isn't. Um, I'm not saying Howell's going to be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL in two years, but I think there's a lot to work with. Um, And over the last two years, the Chiefs has been among the leaders. We we think of Mahomes as a deep ball thrower. Not really. He can, of course. Of course he can. He's He's got the best, like, as far as the combination of velocity and just scary alien accuracy, he's got the best arm in the NFL. Um, how is it necessarily that guy? But the Chiefs get the ball out quick a lot. Yeah. And that's because of the same thing. They have yak guys. You can just, you know, take a screen to the house if you miss one tackle. So I think that benefits Howell. I think it benefits an offensive line that is somewhat in transition, as Kansas City has done over the last two years, where – after that Super Bowl loss to the Buccaneers, they replaced all five of their offensive linemen, which never happens. He's like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> we're cleaning the house. So um, the other point I made in, in the piece is that the enemy is also used to wholesale changes in an offense literally overnight and having them work. Trading Tyree Kill and bringing in, you know, Valdez Scantling and Nicole Harbin and guys like that who were, you know, they're, they're doing the money ball thing and sort of creating, yeah, right. creating Tyree Kill in the aggregate. Right, um, and then the completely different offensive line when they moved from zone to a little more gap because those were the guys they had. Um, you know, so I, I think there there are a lot of elements of the quick passing game with what the enemy has done. And I, when I say the enemy, I I'm assuming that Andy Reid was like eighty percent in charge of the pass game, and the enemy was eighty percent in charge of the run game. Right. But as we know in the NFL, those things have to work together. So when I say the enemy did this or the enemy did that, I, I don't I don't know 
and and this is why apparently he has to go to a different team so he can be in charge of the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I, but whether Andy Reid was in charge of X, Y, and Z or the enemy was, the enemy's in the room. I mean, you go back to the Super Bowl, those two touchdowns, uh, one to Sky Moore and the other one to Tony, uh, those motion things, I mean, it was mm-hmm. the enemy who was drawing it up. Hey, you know, the Jaguars got the Eagles on a touchdown like this with uh, Jamal Agnew in week four or six or whatever it was. Let's do this. And that was good. And the enemy was the one who was drawn up to the players the night before the game. So, yeah. however much someone else is in charge of this, it's all we're going to hear all offseason. Yeah. Um, the enemy is, you know, does he call the plays? I don't know. Does, you know, is he a, the, the guy always there? Well, yeah, he is. So, I'm, as I said, it, it's shameful that he has to do this. But certainly when you look at what the commanders have and what they might get in the draft and the free agency, it's really intriguing. And I'm fascinated yeah. to see, okay, you know, the enemy finally gets a chance to say, all right, this is my offense. There's nobody up top. There's nobody, quote, unquote, in the way. This is how I want to do it. Um, what he takes from Reed, what he has developed on his own, and kind of what new stuff he wants to pack in there. Yeah, man, we could be getting the best of both worlds here in Washington, but we do hope, Doug, that he brings some of that uh, fairy dust that existed in Kansas City. We're talking to Doug Farrar, uh, NFL writer for USA Today's Touchdown Wire. You can follow him on Twitter at NFL underscore Doug Farrar. Big frustration, Doug, that a lot of fans, including myself, uh, had last year about this Scott Turner offense is it felt like there was a running offense and then there was a passing offense. How is Eric right. Bieniemy going to help blend those two concepts uh, together more so where there isn't so many tendency breakers? The best way I would put it is this. Um, both of the teams in the Super Bowl are brilliant, and you, you know, your team has to face the Eagles twice a year, right. so you know this. Um, the Eagles and the Chiefs are both brilliant at combining the run and the pass, and they do it in completely different ways. The Eagles like to – everything's pretty much stock before the snap, and then after the snap it's just a chaos. Game. You have no idea what's going to happen. The Chiefs, what they do is they use so much motion and so much movement before the snap and so many different route concepts that you never really know, okay, is this a run, is this a pass? Is Mahomes going to fake it? I mean, it, it could be as easily, a, you know, a play action fake to the running back. It could also be a fake screen and then a handoff or a, a pitch. So combining the run in the pass, um, I think it's what I've written about the Eagles this year. It's the illusion of simplicity. With the Chiefs, it's the illusion of complexity. Mm. Defenses are always on their heels. They don't know. I mean, the, the primary reason that the Eagles switched from their five-man to their four-man four fronts in the Super Bowl is they wanted to play coverage. They didn't want Mahomes to beat them. Well, okay, so the running game beat them. Pacheco had a great game. Mm-hmm. Mahomes had that long run in the fourth quarter that made all the difference. So, to me, combining the run in the pass game is refusing to show your hand to the defense. Now, I haven't studied the commander's offense in total like I studied uh, Philadelphia's and Kansas City and a few others. Because you don't really know, you know, Scott Turner is gone and you don't know what it's going to be. Um, you know, beyond a few, you know, just looking at Carson once again, like, and Taylor Heineke and going, okay, he's kind of interesting. And I'm a, I'm a Sam Hollow guy, so I studied a little bit. But anytime you have a run and a pass offense that are separate, you've got problems and you're limiting 
what your offense can do, whereas the best offensive teams now are exceptional at, just like I said, refusing to show your hand to the defense. You, you know, this formation is not a run formation. This formation isn't a pass formation. We can do anything out of any set, in any scheme, in any part of our playbook, and you just never know. I'm, I'm fairly sure that BNE will bring that to Washington. Yeah, that's the hope, man. And it kind of, I'm glad to hear you speak like this because it was kind of frustrating, man, over the weekend to hear some of these former players that supposedly know so much about football. It's kind of where your knowledge gets exposed a little bit. Uh, the conversation surrounding Biennemi and how it's a travesty that he's not a head coach, like, I, I'm completely bought into that. But the idea that coming to Washington is some type of going to hell move is ridiculous to me, and you've kind of alluded to it. They've got talent at the skill position groups. I think they're a free agency class and a draft class away from potentially this offense being one of the better offenses in the National Football League. Obviously, uh, the the play of Sam Howell obviously is dependent on that. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I don't. Have they hired a quarterback coach? They have not. So so there was actually some news that came out. Kenny Zampezi is, is the guy that's in-house right now. Uh, but ESPN right. reporter for the team, John Keim, w- w- was saying that uh, yeah. the enemy has an idea of who he wants to bring in is that the former Stanford offensive coordinator, Tavita Pritchard. I don't know if you know that name. Uh, not specifically, but the enemy has his own guy. He's got his reasons for that. Right. And um, that's, you know, that's the important thing is that the the team is not forcing a guy on him, right? Which means he has explicit control of you know I want this guy to, to do this. Um, and there are ways with Howell, especially because he can. I think he had four he had four run plays against the Cowboys that were each at least seven yards. So he can win as a runner. Yeah. He can get you a first down and maybe more. And that's not a, a slow Dallas defense either, Doug. What's that? I said that's not a slow Dallas Cowboys defense either, man. No, so. no, those guys are flying all over the place. So, um, yeah, Howell is Howell is sort of the X factor, but at least with Howell, you kind of know what you're going to get. Yeah. And I think with Heineke, you knew what you were going to get. With Carson Wentz, you and I discussed it before. <laughs> Who the heck knows? I mean, yeah. his biorhythms are off, and gosh, you just you just you just don't know. Never know. <laughs> and that's been his whole career. <laughs> so you know, I think it's again. I'll say it again. It's shameful that he has to do this, but yeah. Um, I think he's in a good position, and I mean, in all the in DVOA, the Commanders were you know the bottom of the twenties and everything. So there's nowhere to go but up. I think the enemy will help, and then, as I've said, the NFL will be out of plausible excuses right. to not <laughs> make him a head coach. Which so it's a kind of a win-win for everybody. Yeah, you know how it works. They'll, and who they'll... knows? Maybe he'll be the commander's next head coach. I, I have no idea. Yeah, who knows, man? Who knows? We'll talk about uh, Ron's job security later on I in would, the show. I would love to see a team that was owned by George Preston Marshall for so long to have a black head coach. <laughs> wouldn't that, would, that, that be, would be delicious? Wouldn't that be that something? That would be utterly delicious. Full circle season is what I like to call that, Doug. I appreciate uh, you giving me some time. <laughs> all right, take care, man. That is Doug Farrar, one of the best film junkies in the National Football League. Always get smarter talking ball uh, with Doug Farrar. Make sure you check out his work for USA Today's Touchdown Wire, uh, as well as follow him on the Twitter app as well, NFL underscore Doug Farrar. Plenty to take away from that. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. 
Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.